glad we have a place near the heart of God. Amen. And uh, would you open your precious Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24. I want to do my best to try to finish tonight. I want to slow down and uh, just teach. I feel like this subject is uh, extremely important. Um, I remember as a boy, I don't know why, I've always remembered this, growing up in Riverview Chapel, uh, we had a preacher, kind of funny, I never thought about it till here recently, his name was Gary Stewart. Y'all remember Gary Stewart? I remember one time as an 8 or 9, 10 year old boy, I was sitting in church, I was getting up there, you know, and, and he said, uh, now would y'all mind, he said, I have about 10 minutes left, and he said, I'll be able to finish this message. Everybody looked at their clock and it was already 7 o'clock. And so at our church, you know, it was an hour. He left. I can still remember him saying that. I can remember him saying, would y'all, and he asked the group, he said, would y'all mind if I had about 10 extra minutes and I can finish this message tonight? I've never forgotten that. And I don't believe anybody said anything, but he took the liberty to take the 10 minutes. And uh, I get it now. There's so much you try to get in and uh, that you want to be helpful. I just want to be helpful tonight. Let's pray. Lord, please bless your word. Bless this principle tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. First uh, Samuel 24. We're just going chapter by chapter. We're not picking to what to preach. We're just going chapter by chapter. We come to a powerful passage of Scripture. I'm not going to belabor and go into all of the detail that we talked about this morning. But you know that Saul was trying to kill David. He was chasing after David. And when he got to En Gedi, uh, of course a place where the, only the sheep could really tread. A very treacherous, rocky place. And there was a lot of caves there. And Saul went in unbeknownst to him. Uh, David was in there. The very person he was trying to kill. His men told David, God's brought him into your hand. Kill him. And of course we know that David went up, cut a corner off of his robe. But I want to focus in tonight. And by the way, I'm talking about a man after God's own heart. Because he truly, when I read this account, I truly realize why God chose David to be king. I truly know one of the reasons why God said David was after a man after God's own heart because he showed someone mercy that he really didn't have to show mercy. So how do we deal with enemies? How do we deal with people that are difficult to deal with? And by the way, we all have them in our life. If you're going to be in the ministry, you're going to make enemies. I hate to tell you that. Uh, Just living life. You're going to have difficult people, hostile people, people that have done you wrong. And I don't know if there's anyone in here tonight that's struggling with someone trying to kill them. I don't know. I mean, if someone's trying to kill us, they're certainly not going to tell us, right? But in this passage, this man was literally hunting David to kill him. Now, it would look, even as the men told him, it's David, all of his men, his 400 men that's hid there in that cave, said, look, there he is. He's yours. Take him. And we read Psalm 142. What I believe was going on in David's mind. But what he did is he showed this man mercy. And he had an opportunity to do that. So I'm, I think some things we can learn is in this passage of scripture. How to deal with difficult people. Hostile people. Maybe even an enemy. Maybe someone that's done us wrong. What, how should we respond? And So we find a great lesson here from David. What did he do? He showed mercy. He was able to show mercy. But I want to give you another principle tonight that I think is powerful that I believe we learned from this passage. Let's keep reading here. Now we know um, in verse 5 he, he says, the Bible says he, his heart was smoked because he cut off Saul's skirt. And he said in his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave 
and went on his way. Now, here's what's amazing. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul. Now, I want you to make special notice and pay close attention to how this man talked to this man that was trying to kill him. He said, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. Now that's normally what we would do when someone's trying to kill us. We're certainly not going to bow ourselves and show humility, but David did. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave, and some bade me to kill thee. But mine eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe, and killed thee not. Know thou, and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee. But mine hand shall not be upon thee. That's a pretty good way to live. Hard, but it's a good way to live. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking, these words unto Saul that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed this day how that thou hast dealt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that thou hast done unto me this day. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. Swear now therefore unto me by the Lord that thou wilt not cut off my seed after me and that thou wilt not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swear unto Saul. I think this is interesting. And Saul went home. But David and his men gapped them up into the hole. Now I want you to really think about that as I close the message tonight. Again, Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give you some things. We learn right here from this principle. What are some helpful things when we deal with people? How can we also follow after God's heart dealing with difficult people? And maybe an enemy. This was an enemy, a sworn enemy of David. Someone that's hostile towards us. And by the way, we all know that we're going to have these situations and circumstances arise in our lives. So I want to help you as a Christian. Now again, I know every circumstance is different. But I believe in the wording that I said, as possible, show people mercy. Because David certainly did. But then here's the second thing that I've learned from this passage. We ought to make every effort to communicate. We, might, we ought to make every effort. Now listen, sometimes that's not possible, but we ought to make every effort to communicate. Here's what amazes me. David risked his life to talk to Saul. Why did he do that? And by the way, he didn't do it arrogantly because the Bible said he bowed down. He wept. 
So he was very sincere. He was being honest. But one of the things that often keeps people at odds with one another is just simply this. The lack of communication. Somebody say amen. See, disagreements escalate many times into feuds. Why? Because two offended people will talk about one another, but they won't talk to one another. But David teaches us here, even with the most hostile person, he stepped out of that cave, put himself in danger, and tried to talk. And by the way, it was an effective speech. It wasn't just a speech. It came from his heart. And he dealt with this man. And by the way, there was a truce. I won't say there's reconciliation because we know not very long Saul keeps trying to kill him. But I want to say, what about this? David teaches us that if you want to do right by an enemy or a hostile person or a difficult person, you must take the effort, if possible, to communicate with them. Can I say, no sooner does Saul come out from the cave, David takes his life in his own hands, calls out to Saul, reaching out to communicate with, of all people, his enemy. Now, I think it's very important. Here's three things that I picked up about how he talked. And I thought this is so powerful because I have learned when we talk like this and we communicate like this, this is much more helpful if we will communicate in these three characteristics. Number one, I learned something. He communicated humbly. How do we know that? He bowed to the ground. David bows to the ground before Saul, not in worship, but in humility. He's not worshiping Saul. But he showed himself. He wanted... Saul to know that he was not coming wanting to fight. He came. He wanted Saul to see that he respected him as his king, as authority, but also as a man. Can I say, he had no desire to fight against Saul. That's very clear. But I want you to notice, I believe it's so important, yes, when we communicate to people, but I think it is so much more important how we communicate with people. He communicated with him humbly. By the way, that's hard to do when somebody's mad at you. That's hard to do when somebody wants to kill you. But I've said it's not easy, but it's possible. David did it, and I think some great things took place. So he communicated humbly. Let me say this, and I want to spend some time here. He communicated tactfully. When David shows Saul the corner that he cut off, he discreetly reminded Saul, I could have got you, man. But he did it in a tactful way and said, look, this is proof that I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to fight you. He was very tactful. He was very, he, he reminded Saul who was hunting who. It wasn't him. He very tactfully, I, I know I, I've talked to Brother Eddie, so look, when we deal with children around here, some of them are difficult. And I know what we like to do. We want to feel sorry for the kids. And so what we do is we try to make everything easy for them. But do you know what? They have to learn something. And here's what Saul, this is what David did. He turned that thing back over on Saul. He said, wait a minute, man. He said, you're the one hunting me. Sometimes we have to let these young people that's hostile and they always want to play the victim say, hey, listen, if you'll act mature, we'll treat you mature. That's right. If you won't gouge the pews, We won't make you pay for it. Hey, it was David that was communicating tactfully. David gently reminds Saul, look, you're hunting me. 
And here's what else I thought was tactful. He said, look, I'm trusting in the Lord. He said, I'm not going to avenge you. He said, I'm going to leave that to the Lord. That's tactful. What do we normally say? I'll tell you right now, I'm going to give you peace of my mind. Worst thing we can do. By the way, that's like throwing gas on fire. David speaks the truth, but he speaks it so very carefully. I hope our church will get a hold of this. I'm not being ugly, but there have been some people that's come to church and they don't know all of the cross their T's and dot their I's and they don't have to learn from us the first time they get here. We'd be tactful with it. I, I wonder, I sometimes think that people have this idea once somebody starts coming to church, man, they're coming to church, they got their tithing envelope in their, uh, in their pocket, they got all the Bible verses marked in their uh, Bible, and they think, man, they're supposed to get all this. Well, here's my question. It took me a while to get it. How about you? We got to be careful the way we tactfully talk to people. You say, well, Pastor Mark, they rubbed me the wrong way. Well, be careful anyway. And by the way, I'm not just preaching to you. I very truthfully told you this morning, I wish that I always responded like David, but I can't tell you that, but I desire to. So he communicated tactfully. He trying to appeal to Saul's sense of justice to end the conflict. That's tactful. What are we arguing for? What are we fighting for? Why are you chasing me anyway? I know I killed Goliath and I know all those people are singing hymns to me and they're saying I killed my tens of thousands. But is that really worth you running like me like an animal and spending all of your time away from your family just to come and kill me? What a waste of time. You ever thought about how much bad conflict takes of people's really good lives? It consumes people. And David very tactfully was trying to explain to Saul, look Saul, you're wasting your time. I'm not your enemy. Man, he spoke to him humbly. He spoke to him tactfully. But listen to me. Here's what else I picked up from this. Because he wept. Here's what the Bible says. He communicated, I believe, sincerely. He's not just trying to pull one over on Saul. You know why? He's sincere. He wants Saul to know that he has nothing to fear from him and that even though Saul had done evil to David, he said, I'm not going to avenge you. I am not going to avenge myself. He said, I will not repay evil for what you've done. And here's what David did. He spoke from the heart. You know what goes a long ways? Be real. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to defeat his enemy by talking to him from his heart. And by the way, to do all of us good, to talk from our heart. You say, Pastor, I'm not giving my heart to an enemy. Well, in some cases you better not, but in some cases you can. You ought to try to communicate when it is possible. By the way, one of the surest ways to defeat your enemy is by talking, taking the time to talk to them. More times than what you'll realize, if people would just keep the lines of communication open, there wouldn't be any conflict anyway. Can I get an old me or amen or something? Y'all ever assumed something? I've assumed something. I think I can say this now. I'm going to be honest. Man, I miss Roy Brackett. I miss Roy Brackett. Man, Roy Brackett was one of the most tender men I've ever met. Miss Carolyn, if you're watching tonight, I, I, miss, I know I don't miss him like you do, but I miss Roy Brackett. He was a good man. He's still a good man. He's just in heaven. 
And I'll never forget it. One day, Roy was troubled and he was just real quiet with me. He wasn't talking to me. He was kind of staying away from me. He just wasn't talking. I didn't think anything about it. People were busy. And man, I'm going to be honest, Roy Brockett, I didn't think a whole lot about him. I said, man, Roy's solid. Brother Milford come up to me one day. He said, Pastor, he said, you need to just talk to Brother Roy. I'm like, well, what's wrong? He says, well, he, he, he for some reason thinks you, you got something with him or something. He said, he's just got a little insecure. And he said, you just need to talk to him. And my heart was broke. Because I thought, my soul, there's not one thing Roy Brockett's done. And said, man, I made a beeline to him. And man, he put his arm around me. I said, Brother Roy, I said, here's the thing that struggles me. It bothers me for it bothers me that you thought for one second that I had something against you. That bothered me more than anything. Are y'all y'all know what I'm talking about? That bothered me. And man, I went up to him. I said, man. And here's what I learned. You know what? Sometimes you take good people for granted. You do. You think, oh, they're never, they would never think that. He knows I was busy, but Brother Roy, he was honestly thinking, Pastor, you haven't really talked to me much, but it wasn't because I didn't have any, I had anything against Roy. It just sometimes gets busy. And you know what cleared all that up? Real quick, communication. Once I knew about it, went straight to him. And you know what? Went away. But you know what's lingered with me on that? I hate for one second that Roy Brackett thought that I had anything against him because I didn't. Not one. Sometimes, commu- sometimes things are worse just because the line of communications are not open. There would be less conflict, more understanding. But how you communicate with the enemy or someone that's hostile is very important. I have to say, I, I remembered, I was looking back and there was a gentleman that put a really nasty message on our church website, and uh, it was back in 17. And this man said, uh, he put a thing on Facebook to the church and said, I tell you what, I'm a waiter at such and such restaurant, and there was some people there from your church, and he said they were some of the rudest people, and, and then they didn't even tip me when I got done. And while I read that, I was like, man, I said, that's awful. And so I wrote him back. I said, sir, I apologize. I said, I, I would love for you to explain to me your concern if you message me. I said, I would like to know how do you know for sure it was people in our church. I try to teach our people to tip well because it is a representation of our church. But I said, if you'll text me back, I will give you a tip and make it right. The next day, he wrote back and said, Sir, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I was frustrated and I wrote that in frustration. Please forgive me. Now that was one of my finer moments. If he'd have caught me in a bad day, I could have re- I could have responded some way else. But I want you to know, I'm glad I didn't. Because yeah. now that man knows my name. I don't know him, but I could go to another restaurant. And he said, oh, "There's that guy there right now. He's the pastor of all them people down there. Don't tip. I don't expect him to tip either." So what do we do? Many times we just don't talk. We just don't communicate. We make things worse. Now again, different situations for different things. But listen, we must speak truthfully but tactfully. Remember that not only what you say but how we say it will lead to peace. Proverbs 15.1 says this. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up what? Anger. 
Finally, if you want to deal with someone that's hostile, that's maybe your enemy, or someone that's just honestly difficult to deal with, how about if we're going to do that with God in godliness by communicating, we must be sincere. Let me say, if you want to deal with them properly, you must do as David did, run the risk of speaking humbly, tactfully, and sincerely to them. And here's, here's what's amazing. Sometimes you will be amazed how often just talking to someone like that will disarm them. It disarmed that guy that didn't think he got a tip. A Christian lady owned two chickens that got out of their coop. And they busied themselves in the garden of an ill-tempered neighbor. The man caught the hens, wrung their necks, and threw them back over the fence. Naturally, the woman was upset, but she didn't get angry. God bless this woman. She didn't get angry, and she didn't rush over and scream at him. Instead, she took the birds, she dressed them, and she fixed him and herself and her family two chicken pot pies with that chicken. Took one over there, and she apologized to the man for not being more careful about keeping her chickens in her own yard, and her children, expecting an angry scene, had hid behind the bush to see the man's face and hear what he'd say. But he was speechless. I would have been too. That chicken pot pie and that apology filled him with a burning sense of shame. But she wasn't trying to get even. Her motive in returning good for evil was to show her neighbor true Christian love. And maybe even bring about a change of heart to this old neighbor. Now, could you do something like that? Could I do something like that? Let me just say this. Would it be easy to do something like that? No. But is it possible? Yes. And God can work in such a way, dealing with someone that is hostile or a difficult person by communicating with them, not in anger, not in pride, but in humility and love. It's not easy, but it's possible. David teaches us one more thing, I think, here in this passage that when it was possible, he showed his enemy mercy. When it was possible, he communicated with his enemy. But number three, and I love this, we should make every effort to be reconciled. Verses 17 through verse 22, that's what David's trying to do here. Look, you cannot defeat your enemy by just calling a truce. By the way, that's all Saul wanted. Saul just wanted a truce. David wanted the relationship to be reconciled. Now, I want to talk to you about this because I believe this is very important. Because some people might think, Pastor Mark, you're being foolish. No, I'm asking you to be kind, not foolish. David demonstrates his willingness to be reconciled to Saul in these verses. Saul is genuinely touched by David's words and his mercy towards him because he even said that he was. He called him his son. And he said, you've done better to me than what I've done to you. And he even admitted, David, you're right, and I know you're going to be king. And he asked for him not to kill his family. And by the way, David gave him an oath and said, I won't. And man, I can't help but get filled with emotion because somewhere down the line, he finds that lame boy Mephibosheth of the house of Saul and shows kindness to him. And that's a beautiful picture of our king showing us kindness. 
He kept his oath. David kept his oath. He could have killed everyone of Saul's family. But instead of killing them, he honored them. So David showed mercy to Saul's family after he dies. David has conquered his enemy by kindness. Now, Saul offers to be reconciled with David. But how would you have responded? Now, here's what I'm going to say to you. You need to be careful. You need to be careful. Why? Because let's see. Here's what David did. Notice the very last verse that I read said, David went up into the hole and Saul went home. Why didn't David go with him? He was kind. He was godly. Listen to me. But he wasn't foolish. Wait a minute. These two men were reconciled. How come they still go to their separate ways? Why doesn't David go back home with Saul? Look, there might be a lot of reasons, but I believe the greatest reason is David wanted to be sure that his reconciliation was real. Saul and David had said the right words. They both said the right words, but we all know, and you read the very next chapter after, actually it's the, not the 25, but chapter 26, Saul's at it again. So we know that time tells us that his remorse, Saul's remorse was short-lived. Though David is sincere about his commitment to reconcile with Saul, Saul's commitment to reconcile with David will not stand the test of time. Let me just say this. Only when a relationship is rightly restored can two enemies become friends. By the way, that ought to be our goal in reaching and showing mercy and communicating with our enemy, someone that's hostile, someone that we're struggling with, what? To make them their friend. Why? The Bible says in Hebrews Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men. Now, when you choose to seek to reconcile with your enemies or a hostile person or somebody that has it out for you, you may be surprised, and maybe you won't be surprised, that many of them becoming, they might become your closest friend, but even if they don't, do all you can to reconcile. Why? Because that's how peace is won. But can I just say and be real with you tonight? It doesn't always work out that way. It didn't work out this way here, and not everyone wants to be at peace with you. And uh, by the way, some of your enemies will call a truce, and I'm sad to tell you, we live in wolf country, I'm sad to tell you, some people will call a truce just to get their knife sharpened so they can stick it in you deeper. But you ought to be loving. And by the way, I hope our church is known to be loving, even to our enemies. I hope we'll be forgiving, even to our enemies, but not foolish. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We ought to always be cautious. Now let me just say, I'm going to be real with you tonight. We ought to do everything we can to love our enemies. The Bible tells us that. We ought to be good to our enemies. We ought to show them mercy when we're able to show them mercy. We ought to be able to communicate with them and try to reconcile and have a relationship where they need to be. But I want you to know something. That's not always going to work. But you're not a failure for trying. 
And to be fair, you could go home and sleep better at night at least knowing you did everything you could do to reconcile a relationship. Amen. See, here's what we do. Well, I tell you what, it didn't work. Well, David didn't do that. David didn't say, oh, well, later on, I tell you what, I, I did everything for this, but he didn't do right. No, David could go and lay his head on the pillow and say, you know what, I spoke sincerely. I gave him an oath. I'm not going to kill his children. I'm not going to hunt him. I'm not going to do any more harm to him. And it didn't matter however Saul responded or not, David still did right. No matter what your enemy does, no matter what someone that's dealing with you, hostile does, it doesn't matter. It matters what we do. So don't use that as an excuse. Say, well, it don't work anyway. Well, no. It'll give you a better night's rest to be forgiving, not foolish. Listen, I, I know this, uh, not long ago, I can speak, I don't mind even speaking personally. There was a time, a few years back, I had to have the deacons in a meeting with me, and the reason that I had this meeting for the deacons to be in that room with me is I was trying to reconcile a relationship. And my heart was sincere, I wanted to reconcile that relationship, I had every goal of, uh, of, of, of wanting to reconcile that relationship and I thank God one of the wisest things I ever did was I had men in there with me to be a witness. And I believe they know me well enough that my goal was to reconcile but I want you to know, I wish I could tell you that it worked but it didn't. But I want you to know something, not that I'm perfect but I know in my heart that my heart was sincere and real and I cannot live a defeated life because the other person chose a truce just to sharpen their knife to cut deeper. And what we like to do is we like to use the response of other people for us to live in defeat and suspicion. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Can I help every children worker here just a second? Sometimes say, well, I'll tell you right now, I'm the adult. I understand that, but I've learned this. Sometimes adults can speak to children in the wrong way. And by the way, if we've done it, they will think more of us if we apologize to them and say, hey, you need to listen to me, but the way I might have said that could have been done better. You say, Pastor, what are you doing there? You're taking this passage into consideration. The Bible said condescending to men of low estate. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. There's rest there. Yes. When I sit and think about things and say, boy, I tell you what, and I sit and dwell on stuff and say, boy, when are they going to get theirs? I have to remind myself, listen, that's not my business. I need to trust the Lord in that. And by the way, there's peace there. The Bible says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So what do I do? I'm going to have to be honest with you, even that person. And this is, I'm being honest. I'm trying to be real with y'all tonight how I struggle with my flesh. Because by the way, I have it just like you do. This person that I'm talking about couldn't reconcile. I, you know what I have to do? I have to think about good things about that man. Why? So I can answer verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. 
You say, Pastor, you're being super spiritual. No, I'm not being super spiritual. I'm just telling you. That's how you fight. That's how you fight. That's how you fight. If I sit, just like you said, if you sit and dwell on someone that's done you wrong and you sit and dwell on that, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's going to make you bitter and you're going to pay for it, not them. So why should I let this person that I had all intentions of trying to reconcile a relationship with allow him to continue to make my life miserable? No, let's overcome evil with good. By the way, I can think of good things that happened. I can think of good things that was done here. What about you? Who's your enemy? Who are you dealing with that's hostile? Who's someone that's difficult? And look, everybody here's got them. You know, the man that lived to be 100 years old, he said, man, he said, I'm just glad I don't have any... Uh, enemies, you know what the old man says, so that's because I outlived them all. Well, I know that not all of us has outlived our enemies. David didn't outlive his enemy. By the way, he did finally outlive. Saul was killed. By the way, God did it, not David. And by the way, that's the way it ought to be with us. In your life, who needs to be dealt with by mercy? Who needs to be dealt with with some communication? Who needs to be dealt with with reconciliation? David is proof that it works. And so is Jesus. By the way, let me remind you, the Bible reminds us of something. Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for a friend. He died for an enemy. I was his enemy. In my sin, he died for me. While I was yet a sinner, I was at enmity with God, yet he showed me mercy. And by the way, if we're a Christian, we're supposed to live like Christ. Can I give you an Old Testament example? Then I'm going to close. Y'all know Mordecai, Esther, Haman? You know, Haman had it out for Mordecai, man. I mean, he had it out for all the Jewish people. And man, I'm telling you right now, he had it out for them. And man, he created this thing, had the king sign it, man, sent it all over. And all he wanted to do was to see Mordecai killed. And finally, Esther, Mordecai said, hey, for such a time as this, you need to go in to the king and you need to plead your cause for your people. Man, Esther went in there and finally told the king what was going on with Haman. And Haman had done built the gallows. He had done built the the noose and the, the drop a box and everything, man, done, done got the gallows, and they were getting ready to hang Mordecai, an innocent man. And boy, Esther walked in there. See, could you imagine if you was Haman? If I was Haman, man, I'd have been shouting from the treetops, hey, I need revenge here, I need revenge. Look what all he's done. See, what we think sometimes the bad guy's going to win and the good guys lose, look, we win. Right there's where y'all say amen. Last time I checked in the book of Revelation, we all ride white horses. Y'all better, y'all better settle up, amen. So I don't like riding horses. Well, you're going to like riding that one. You're going to be on the victory. But sometimes we look and say, oh my goodness, we're, we're losing. We're not losing. God's got it. And man, I could imagine it was getting dark. It was getting the end of the day. And Haman said, man, I hear the gallows are done and I'm going to go hang. But praise God, he didn't have to do near anything. Word got back to the king. The king found out there was a some deception going on, and man, to his own hurt, Haman built the very gallows that he hung on. Listen, 
You let God do it. He'll do a better job with it. And you won't have to fool with it. And you won't have to have the conscience struggling with your conscience that you did something to harm someone. You let God take care of it. Now listen to me. I'm telling you right now out of experience that I have to struggle just like you do. You think there's some people that I would like to handle and take care of myself? Listen to me. We're all human. We're going to trust God and let the Lord do it. Because when he does it, listen to me now, it will be done right. So I hope and pray. I don't know. Look, I'm not picking and choosing what to preach. I'm going chapter by chapter. This is the way the Lord led me to preach this. I don't know who you're dealing with in your life. I don't know who's hostile. I don't know who you're struggling with. I don't know who you have as an enemy. But I'm telling you something right now. No matter what they do, we ought to remain and act like a Christian. God help us. Amen. How many of y'all are glad that even though you were an enemy, God showed you mercy? How many, although you were an enemy, God communicated with you? He sent the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin while we were yet an enemy. And then praise God, how many are glad that our great Heavenly Father, He just didn't want a truce. He wanted to reconcile and make me useful for His work. See, everything speaks of God. Amen? Let's be like a Christian. Now look, this is tough. Easy preaching, tough living, but possible. Let's ask God to help us. Amen? Let's bow our heads tonight. I'm going to ask. How many of you? I had someone tell me this morning, say, thank God for that message. Right on time. Now see, I don't know what's going on in people's life. I really don't. But God does. See? He knows what we need. And I didn't say what you need. I said what we need. I needed this. (laughs) I needed it. It takes away my contempt. So let's ask the Lord. Can I ask you this question? How many of you know somebody that's done got bitter? They've done let somebody bother them in such a way they've gotten bitter. Look, they need to hear this message then listen, get it for them. Get the CD made or tell them where it's at online. Let them hear it. But how many of y'all are thankful that God showed you mercy? Let's ask God to help us, amen? And let's have wisdom from God to deal with these certain situations. I'm thankful. Man, when I read that account of David, I say, man, I know why he chose David. Let's stand to our feet tonight and we'll close. How many of you just feel maybe a sense to come and pray? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in people's lives. I really don't. I know some. But you know, these are kind of things you don't really talk about, but I know we deal with them. So maybe you, somebody would like, you just feel the need to come and just maybe come around an altar tonight and pray. Well, you do it. They're going to play. You come as the Lord leads. Make your pew a place to pray. Whatever it is. You mind the Lord. Might not mean this message now, but maybe later. Maybe say, man, the Lord will spark something in your mind. Say, hey. Really, what is life about? I mean, what's life about? It's for us to live for the Lord, to carry out His ministry. But you know what? I've learned this. What is life really about? It's about relationships. 
our life kind of comes and goes with the way our relationships are. If our relationships are good, hey, life's good. But if, if relationships are troubled, hey, life's troubling. God help us. Amen. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I'm thankful for this passage of Scripture. I read it with amazement. So, Lord, I know it's possible. Some might even read this and say, man, David was weak. He was not weak. He won. And we know that you avenged him. So, Lord, I pray you'll help this passage to be very helpful to us, that we'll apply it, we'll learn from it, because we know that all of your word has been written for our learning and our admonition. I pray you'll help us. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen, and all God's people say it. Sunday school workers and teachers, meet with Brother Don over here in the Crusader classroom. God bless you. Have a great night. Be careful going home.